0: The reading for this morning is from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: What a lovely welcome, thank you. Good morning, it is really great to be with you this morning. As Gareth has said, my name is Rachel, and we've been knocking around Bay for a couple of months now, but I almost certainly haven't met all of you. So I'll just tell you a little bit about myself so you don't feel like you're hearing from a complete stranger this morning. So I am a born and bred Devon gal, grew up just um, the other side of Exeter, uh, as also did Pete, actually. And um, we've lived in the area for most um, of our married life. As Gareth said, Pete is continuing his curacy here, which is just a fancy word for being a trainee vicar. And um, a little bit about me, things I love. I love to go and get my nails done. Um, And so if ever you want to treat me, a gift voucher would be great. Um, I have tried and failed at sea swimming. So if anyone out there would like to teach me a good way to do the sea swimming and do it properly, I would love to be one of those women that goes down in the mornings, has a dip in the sea, recharges and comes back out. But I just need a friend to do it. So if you want to be my friend, take me. That'd be great. Anyway, I'm going to pray for us before we start. God, I thank you that as that psalm says that you are strong. I thank you that you are with us and that you are powerful. Pray you open our hearts and our minds to hear you today. In your name. Amen. Okay, so today I've got the great privilege of sharing with you a This I Know. And when Matt asked me to come and finish off this series, I started thinking, gosh, there's so much about God that I love. And he's so vast and he's so complex. How am I ever going to choose? And those of you keen beans that saw the email this week would have seen that I was going to talk on the God of mercy. But God changed my mind this week. And I'm actually going to talk to you um, about God being a source of strength. So that is going to be the characteristic that I know to be true in my life. And I hope that you also have examples in your own life where you know God to be strong for you. Or maybe you're still exploring this God thing and still working that out. And I would be really excited to hear if you encounter and how you encounter his strength in your life. So I'm going to pick out two parts that I know um, to be true. And um, number one is that God is ever-present help in trouble. God is present with us when we are in trouble. Now, I'm going to give you a little window in to a very bad habit that Pete and I share. Often at the end of a long day, get into bed, and the best thing to do is to go on YouTube and watch epic fail videos. We love them, we can't get enough, and we often fall down the rabbit hole, and we're 25 minutes in on a compilation of YouTube videos of people falling down a hole, or their children like jumping out on them in the bathroom. It is the best way to end the day. And often it's a cheap laugh, um, and it does lighten the mood. But rarely do you see the aftermath of the epic fail. You just see that kind of present moment. You see what is happening right in front of you. You don't get to see who helped them up or who cleared up the mess or fixed the bathroom curtain. All you see is the fall. And life can be a little bit like that sometimes. Whether you're in a crisis or whether you're in transition, it can be all-consuming. And it can be really difficult to see kind of beyond what's going on and beyond the situation, and it often can leave us wondering, well, how were you present God? Where actually was your help in that time? But today's passage, especially in verses 7 and verses 11, where it talks about God being our fortress and God being with us, shows us that God promises to always be with us, even when we're in the epic fails, and even in ways that we can't see out beyond the initial moment or the initial crisis. And so um, just over half term, I've been wrestling with God's presence in my own life and how he is present when we need help. Um, It was quite an uneventful afternoon in our house. Um, Our little Ella, she's one, somewhere at the back. She was sat on my lap quite happily, snacking on a pretzel. I've now learned probably not to give her pretzels. But um, suddenly she starts choking, or at least I think she is choking. And um, great thanks to Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield from this morning for their many segments of... um, kind of how to do paediatric first aid I kind of knew what to do so I sort of got her in my lap and started to whack her on the back and nothing was happening and slowly but surely she was going blue and she wasn't breathing and the panic in me was rising and I was thinking oh gosh like obviously I need to phone an ambulance so following a 999 call um, and being taken to hospital Ella and I are waiting in this side room kind of waiting to be checked over and treated and um Amazingly, she'd bounce back, and I thought, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm wasting their time, like she's absolutely fine. And all of a sudden, the symptoms come back, and she's doing it again. And this time, she wasn't eating, so I was like, well, was she choking? I'm not sure. And she starts to go blue again, and I can see she isn't breathing. And I think, oh, right, okay, so I shout for help, and it's not like me to make a scene. So um, I go, help, help, quick, like, my baby, I need help. And as I shouted for this help, staff came running in to help. Um, and they were treating her as if she had been choking. But we're realising that as they were treating her, nothing was happening and it wasn't making a difference. Well, the next section feels like an absolute lifetime. They pull the emergency buzzer and they say to wheel the resus trolley in and um, ask me to leave the room to save me from having to see them treat her. And the time in which I was outside that room was probably only two minutes, but it felt like a lifetime. And I went to places with God in that moment that I thought I would never have to go to. And I said things to God that I thought I would never have to say. And did I feel that he was close to me in that moment? Did I sense that he was with me right there? Maybe. But in the crisis, all I could see was my own fear. All I could see was my own distress. And as I've taken time to process it a little bit, I do know in my head, I know that he was present. I know that he was a refuge. And in the same way, I suppose, that the nurses came running in, God comes running to us when we call on his name. I could trust that in the hospital, if I shouted for help, someone was going to come and help me. But do I always see God that way? Now, I should say here that all was well in the end. Ella wasn't actually choking. It turns out she was having febrile convulsions, which you seasoned parents out there will know that they're probably quite common, um, but they're just very traumatic for a parent to see at the time. And in the crisis, I actually didn't have the capacity to see that God was hemming me in. He was holding me in that moment. But as I look back, I can see how he was present, and I can see how he was um, a refuge and a strength, just like the psalm today tells us. And actually, he did continue to strengthen me through the night, because whilst I'd been in hospital, poor Pete had been at home with a sickness bug. So even when I got home, I still had to keep putting a shift in and there was no chance of rest. Um, So God absolutely gave me the strength to keep going. But as I've been talking to you, I can feel it and I'm sure um, you are thinking to yourself, well, that's all very well, Rach, and it turned out okay for you, but it didn't turn out okay my end. It didn't work out for me, didn't feel like my outcome or my situation resolved. And you'd be absolutely right too." Now, an example from my own life, um, from your life, sorry, may have come to mind where he didn't step in, where things didn't change. And I have an example from my own life where even uh, when I called on the name of Jesus, horrendous things still happened. And it's too raw uh, for me to share here, but I share it because I've learned from it that it is a choice and it is a head choice. And it becomes a heart choice to trust that God is with us. And that is easier said than done, I know, but we can trust God, we can trust who he says he is, and we can trust that he promises us that he will strengthen us, and he will be with us. And we may not get answers about why we experience the pain or the suffering that we might be going through until we are the other side of eternity and reunited with Jesus, and I would have loved to have not lived a couple of the chapters of my life this far, but this I know, I know that God cares. I know he cares about my questions and your questions. He cares about my anger and your anger. And he cares about my confusion and your confusion. And his shoulders are big enough to carry it. Jesus showed us exactly that in the person of Jesus when uh, he was walking to the cross, beaten and dying, and he was carrying the weight of all the bad things that have happened to you. And let's face it, the bad things that we've done to others. He carried it all and he wiped it away. And not so that it isn't significant or that it doesn't matter, but actually so that we can be free of it. We can be free to lean in to his refuge, to lean into his love, and to experience the fullness of the freedom that he has for us. So I'd really encourage you to take that. Where were you, God? You promised you'd be a help, and I didn't feel you there. And let him show you where he was. Um, After traumatic kind of life experiences or just sometimes confusing ones, I often ask Jesus to show me a picture of where he has been in the room at the moment. And it's just a picture in my mind's eye. And I will just often try to get a quiet moment, which are few, but get a quiet moment to pray. Um, And just to kind of see, yeah, like a painting almost in my mind. And Jesus nearly always, in fact, always does show up. So in this particular situation, his arms were completely spread out underneath the hospital bed, and it was almost suspended in the air as he was holding Ella and the team around her. Um, But I know that his arms would have been around her regardless of the outcome of that situation, because God's strength and his help is not dependent on my circumstances. It's my attitude that is dependent on um, the circumstances of God being the rock. God being who I know him to be. So even when we can't see him or we can't feel him, he is present and I would encourage you maybe in that example that has come to mind today to maybe ask God to show you or and to ask Jesus to show you where he was in the room at the moment that that was happening because it will bring you peace hopefully and it will bring you encouragement that God has been with you. So that's number one. God is present and he will help. Number two, the second part of God's strength that I would love to draw out from this psalm is that God is almighty. God is almighty and he holds it all. Now, funny word, almighty. Whenever I think of almighty, I naturally think of the film Bruce Almighty starring Jim Carrey um, with Morgan Freeman, who is excellently cast as God. And um, I often think of the moment where in a fit of rage, Bruce goes, oh, shmite me, you mighty shmiter!" And um, somehow I've connected that word almighty to being kind of vengeful and a bit aggressive, when actually it's quite different, and we'll look at that now. Or I will think of physical strength. So as a child, my brother and I would often watch The World's Strongest Man, with um, accompanied by crackers and Marmite. Don't judge, you Marmite haters. Um, but we would watch these great hunking men kind of lift and pull these weights and buses that I couldn't even put into numbers for you how heavy they were and a competition like that you only ever really see the end result you only see the winner or see the moment at which they're competing you don't see the hours of blood and sweat and probably tears that have gone into getting to that point to be able to let alone compete to actually be able to be there and it's a bit like that with God as I look over my life and as I look over his presence in my life it's really easy to see the end result I can see his goodness. I can see his grace. I can see his healing. But what about all the training and all the work that has come before that? And this psalm shows us that God is busy. He is busy making wars cease, breaking bows, shattering spears. I mean, that might not be your everyday. It's certainly not my everyday. But it is an image for us of how strong God is that if when the mountains quake, he only has to lift his voice, not a bus or a car, just his voice, and the earth melts. He has all of the might, he has all of the strength, and he promises it is for you. So what does that actually look like for us? Times are no different now to that of the psalm. Nations continue to be in uproar, kingdoms continue to fall, and... continue to fall. Um, and verse 8, sorry, encourages us to step back and to see what the Lord has done and to see how he is holding all things together, to see the hours of training that he is doing in your life and to see his power even when we feel weak, even when we feel at our worst. Now, it's no secret this year that in the Norris house it has been confusing and unexpected And exciting at times, but also downright disappointing at others. And as I was preparing to speak with you today, I was looking back over my journal entries. Disclaimer, there are a few. But where I stand even now today, I could not believe even a month ago. God really is so mighty to establish us and to intervene in our lives in a way that we can't imagine. He has dreams for your life that are far greater and far bigger than you could ever sum up. And he promises to be with you step by step, his power being made perfect when we admit that we can't lift the bus, we can't drag the car, that we need him. But God doesn't promise our current hard season or our current transition will end the way we want it to. We won't all win World Strongest Man or World Strongest Woman, but he does promise that he'll be with us all the way through it, working with us in it. Perhaps you um, are transitioning between jobs, or you've recently become empty nesters, or perhaps you're watching your children emerge into teenagehood and thinking, how the heck parent this? But what we know is that God will provide strength for you, He will refresh you, and He will encourage you all the way along until we reach that final point of eternity where uh, uh, you never experience the discomfort of transition or the pain and the toil of a hard season again. And in this recent season of transition for us as a family, uh, moving to Torquay 18 months ago, um, kind of continuing our curacy here, having a baby, I've just gone back to work this week, back to school, Um, there's been a lot of change for us, and I have been so grateful for the gentle whisper of God's voice with the words, hold on. Hold on, and that has been enough my life is busy and I don't always get the moments to really soak and go deeper to hear what God is saying. But to hear those two words, hold on. Hold on because I am not changing. I am reliable. I am trustworthy. you rock in times of trouble. You see, there are no throwaway seasons or... Seamless. No throwaway seasons or transitions that are wasted with God. He is always at work. He is always drawing us closer to him, strengthening us to be more of who he has made us to be. We just need to hold on. So uh, to finish, I uh, encourage you to step back and to see how God has held you this far. To embrace that verse 10 of be still and know that I am God. To be still, to just be who you are before the King of Kings and to let him work in your heart and in your life, to work for you and to work out beyond you. Nothing with God is ever wasted, and so let him be the rock onto which you cling.
0: Amen.